Hi, this is Kristen, and thank you so much for listening to the Traveling Psychology Girl podcast. Please go over to www.travelingpsychologygirl.com to visit my offers. Also, check me out on Instagram at Traveling Psychology Girl. God bless you, and I will be with you next time. Joyce Meyer preached a sermon many years ago that I still listen to today. As a matter of fact, I make it a point to listen to this message about every six months just so I can re-examine myself. And that message is on setting boundaries. She talks about how everywhere we go, there are borders. There's borders around your floor. There's borders around hotel rooms. When you're in hotel rooms, any building you're in, there's borders around it. Then she talks about boundaries. Um, And particularly if you are, you know, if you have um, a hurricane and the water goes outside of its boundary, it can cause a problem if it stays within its boundary. You know, there's not much of a problem, but everywhere we go, there's borders and boundaries. And I'm not going to re-preach her message, but I do want to re-read the scripture that she went from, that she talked about, because there is a scripture in the Bible or an actual story in the Bible that, in my opinion, there is no other story that really provides the essence of the importance of setting boundaries in your life. And so it's it's when Moses had freed the Israelites from Pharaoh and at this point he's taking on too much responsibility. He's trying to control and fix everyone's problems. And so I think it's important to read the particular story And then I will kind of talk about how I apply this in my own personal life. And so I'm going to read Exodus chapter 18. And I'm going to read from the easy read version, the easy to read versions, particular version of the Bible that I that I find um, very uh, to be very clear for anyone to understand. So starting at verse 13, it reads, The next day, Moses had a special job of judging the people. There were so many people that they had to stand before him all day. All day. I want to read slow because I really want you to see some of the issues here. There were so many people that they had to stand before him all day. Jethro saw Moses judging the people. This is his father-in-law, by the way. He asked, why are you doing this? Why are you the only judge? And why do the people come to you all day? Then Moses said to his father-in-law, the people come to me to ask me to ask for God's decision for their problem. 
Like, so apparently they can't ask God themselves, so they have to ask him. Verse 16 reads, if people have an argument, they come to me and I decide which person is right. In this way, I teach the people God's laws and teachings. But Moses' father-in-law said to him, this isn't the right way to do this. It is too much work for you to do alone. You cannot do this job by yourself. It wears you out. And it makes the people tired too. Now here comes the wisdom. Verse 19 says, now listen to me. Let me give you some advice. And I pray God will be with you. You should continue listening to the problems of the people and you should continue to speak to God about these things. You should explain God's laws and teachings to the people, warn them not to break the laws, tell them the right way to live and what they should do. But you should also choose some of the people to be judges and leaders. Choose good men you can trust, men who respect God, Choose men who will not change your decisions for money. Make these men rulers over the people. There should be rulers over a thousand people, a hundred people, 50 people, and even over 10 people. Let these rulers judge the people. If there is a very important case, then they can come to you and let you decide what to do. But they can decide but they can decide the other cases themselves. In this way, these men will share your work with you and it will be easier for you to lead the people. It will be easier for you to lead the people. If you do this as God directs you, then you will be able to do your job without tiring yourself out. And the people can still have their problems solved before they return home. So Moses did what Jethro told him. Moses chose good men from among the Israelites. He made them leaders over the people. There were rulers over a thousand people, a hundred people, 50 people, and 10 people. These rulers were judges for the people. The people could always bring their arguments to the rulers and Moses had to decide only the most important cases. I'll read that part again. And Moses had to decide only the most important cases. After a short time, Moses said goodbye to his father-in-law Jethro and Jethro went back to his own home. Do you see what Moses' problem was? He was doing too much and he did not have any boundaries. He didn't have any boundaries so much so that he allowed people to be in his face all day. All day. I was drained by just reading it because I don't want nobody in my face complaining about any and everything all day when would I have any time for myself time to do anything time to even hear the Lord for myself 
If I'm dealing with people's problems all day. But fortunately for Moses, he listened to his father-in-law's advice. Because his father-in-law had sense. His father-in-law knew how to set boundaries. And so many times I talk to women in particular, especially mothers, who don't know how to set boundaries, who don't set boundaries, and even feel guilty for setting boundaries. So today... I'm going to give you a couple of examples of how I set boundaries in my own personal life. And I hope that it will be of some help, encouragement, and a blessing to you. One thing I like to start off talking about is I am over the dance team at my church. Now, I know that probably sounds, you know, like nothing much. Because there's a lot of churches that have dance teams and a lot of people over their teams. But our church is a little bit different. We're very unorthodox. We, we're, we're not the typical church. We are very, very different. Our results are different. And our dance ministry is a whole ministry within itself. And a very important aspect of church and theater and my background is professional dance. I dance professionally. I started dancing at the age of six, modern jazz ballet. And I joined a dance company full time at age 12. And I have been dancing all my life. I dance with two different companies throughout the Dallas uh, metro area in Texas. And then because that's where I'm from, there were other companies that were uh, well-known, like the American um, Ballet and Dallas Black Dance Theater, very highly respected dance companies in the Dallas metro area. Um, and then um, I started my own dance company when I was, I guess, I don't know, around 25, and I uh, was living in Oklahoma at the time. And I had my own dance company for about six or seven years. And then I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. And um, I was over the dance ministry here. I was also over dance ministry as well in Oklahoma, as well as having my own dance company. And then I taught private dance lessons, private uh, ballet, jazz lessons and things like that. Then I came here and I have been over our dance team now this year makes seven years and um we have really started to um really take our dancing to a whole nother level just over the last few years and so uh when i first started when we first started really really performing and and ministering through dance and what what I always do is I take stories biblical stories and and life stories and I bring it alive on stage so where it's hard for someone to to read something or um hear something about someone's life 
I am able to actually bring it alive on stage to where it is. If you, if, if, particularly if it's a text in the Bible, if you've never read it, or if you've read it and never understood it, you would be able to understand it by watching us dance it, perform it. And so, um, when we really started getting into doing productions and things like that, uh, I was worn out because I was doing a lot and I had uh, one person helping me, but it was just me and her and we were uh, really worn ourselves out because outside of this, we have our own lives and uh, recently within the last two years, I have decided to take Joyce Meyer advice and the advice of Moses' father-in-law and set some boundaries. And so over the last two years or so, we have, we have several, we have a whole team. So I am the choreographer and artistic director and I've really been able to relax in the director mode because of setting boundaries because of putting other people in place you you find in the industry you find that when you have actors you know whoever your favorite actor or actress is and you see them acting and and for a long time and then suddenly you don't really see them that much but then you find out that the movie a movie that you happen to be watching at the time they are directing that film and it's really because actors directing is different it's just a different fulfillment and for an, an actor to be able to take on the role of director it's actually a higher level than acting itself and Anybody that's in an arts and entertainment industry want to grow and they want to excel and move on to the next best thing or the next big thing. And so it is the same with dance. You know, it you you start off being a dancer. I started off being a dancer. Then I moved on and I grew to being a choreographer. But then to grow on and be a director, I mean, it's just, it just, it's, it just means that you're growing and it's a great thing. You feel awesome because you are growing and you're taking on more responsibility, but it's teaching you something. It's teaching you ethics. It's teaching you to be humble. It's teaching you to know how to respect people and other people's boundaries and it's just so much that you you learn in that role and and that helps you grow as a person and so um now because i have these boundaries in place i've been able to excel in being um in playing the director's role but the boundaries that i put into place to have a large group of people I have well over probably well probably about 30 people on my team and it's constantly growing and so I had to put some things in place I had to give people that I trusted roles to play and so now I have an assistant but my assistant has an assistant 
because she does a lot and <laughs> she works in multiple ministries in our church. So I have assigned her an assistant. We have several makeup artists. We have about three or four makeup artists. We have a um, costume designer, phenomenal costume designer. We have um, a second, I have a second choreographer um, that works with me. And we are, are of like mind, and all of us are, uh, but we just work very well together. We have a musician that is phenomenal. He has his own business in, in ministry, but he works with us. We work very close together. And because we have all of these people that have taken on these roles, what it also does for them is it allows them to be able to operate in their own gifts. And, and that's all I can even think of at this moment. I'm, I'm, there may be more people doing other things that I have them doing, but those are the people that I can think of right offhand. And, and, um, but it, it allows them to operate in their gifts, right? Because if you're talented, you don't want to just be serving somebody else but you never able to really serve them the way that God designed you to you can't use your talents and your skills because you're just you're being overlooked and that was the one thing that I did also did not want to do was overlook people's talents and gifts and so it allows them to be able to operate in their gifts and which by the way these people are faithful they don't get paid we don't get paid to do what we do not in church ministry you you it's a sacrifice unto the lord you're getting paid on the other side which is great okay because can't nobody pay you like god can pay you but in a way we really are still getting paid on this side just not maybe with finances with money but we're getting paid by watching people get saved or people's lives change or people come and they have questions and and somehow our ministry and our productions will cause someone to get the answers that they need. But it it took the stress off of me. And I can tell you the last production that we did, because I had all of these things in place, they had had a rehearsal uh, right before the show and they gave me the day off. And I went and got a massage, a pedicure, and a manicure. I was able to relax. Why? Because I did not have everyone's issue in front of me all day. Oh, I don't remember the choreography to this. Or, oh, the costume is not right for this. I have to do this. Or this person never gave me their size. I didn't have to deal with all of that because I had other people in place to deal with those things. So all I had to focus on was the production aspect of it. I, even with the choreography, I have a person, as a matter of fact, to my assistant, she also learns all of the choreography because I would do the choreography. She learns everyone's part. And so after I choreograph it between her and my assistant choreographer, they handle everything else. And then all I have to worry about is the production part, the production part of it. 
all of the things that's going on behind the scenes, you know, and so I was able to relax because I had all of those pieces in place. But had not not had that, I would have been stressed. And then look at this. It was also important for me to let them know not to be stressed out, right? They needed to have boundaries in place within their own positions to where they were not stressed out. They needed to do things for themselves because I want a healthy team, not a broke down team. And so having those boundaries in place allowed for that. Another thing that I have with boundaries is in my home. Now, I have full days. My day starts at 5 a.m. So one of the most important things for me is my sleep. I have a boundary around my sleep. I am typically in bed between 7.30 and 8.30. And now it's more like 8.30 because I'm also in graduate school now. And before, I was not. I was... I graduated college, but I was going to classes during the day. So now I'm in graduate school. So typically, I am done between 8.30 and 9, and I am in bed. It's online, so I'm in bed. I have a set time to do graduate school. And so after that, I am in bed. I do not go to bed later than 9 o'clock. And really, I'm usually in bed by 8.30. But if I'm if I really have a lot going on at nine o'clock, I cut it. I cut it. And there are nights where I could keep going. I could literally keep going. I will set a timer. I'm not going past 9.30. I have a strong boundary. I mean, by, by nine. I have a strong boundary on that time. Because for one... If I keep going, eventually I'm going to get tired and I'm not going to remember everything that I'm inputting. There's not going to be any output because everything that's going in is really just not going anywhere. It's just going up against a brick wall. I'm not going to remember it. Secondly, I need my rest because I'm up at 5 a.m. I have to take kids to school. I am an educator, so I'm a teacher, so I have to go teach. Then I come home. I have to get my kids, you know, have to help make sure they, they're straight with their homework. If they need help, be available. Be available to my husband. Then also cook dinner. And then I'm in graduate school and the cycle repeats itself. So I have a boundary around my time. My kids, they know what time I go to, I, that I say I'm clocking in for school. So at between seven and seven, uh, sit between six thirty and seven o'clock. Sometimes seven and seven thirty. That's when I'm going into, um, school. And so, before I started, we literally practiced this. We practiced for two weeks, the kids being out of the kitchen at a certain time, being in their rooms, not coming and bothering me. We practiced it for two weeks so that once school started, they were not coming to ask me for nothing. Don't ask me for nothing. Figure it out on your own. Don't come out your room. Stay in your room. Don't come out. 
So when I'm in school, they know. So at a certain time, they're not coming. They're in their room and they will, they'll look, they'll be like, okay, well, mom's in school. She's logging on. Let's get out. And they have been very respectful of that. There are times where they slip up, but for the most part, they've been very respectful of that. But it's because I have that strong boundary. I am not allowing you to interfere with my school time unless it's an emergency. Somebody's finger has fallen off. Don't come and bother me. You can ask your father. This is my school time. So they do not bother me at that time. So I have a strong boundary around my sleep and around my study time. I just, I'm not going to allow anything to interfere with that. Also with cooking, I love to cook. I love cooking for my family, but it wears me out. So I have now have a boundary on my cooking time. I only cook three to four nights a week three to four nights a week and I can tell you Fridays is our like family movie night so I don't ever really cook on that day anyway that's like a order out day we usually have pizza sometimes I'll make nachos we have something like that so I'm not cooking a full course meal but there's at least three days of the week that I am cooking I'm not cooking more than that so I tell them listen if there's if I don't cook figure it out fix you something to eat make it a cereal night I don't know what you got to do boo but don't bother me because I'm only cooking three nights a week because I'm not going to be wore out again I have long days that start at 5 a.m and at between 8 30 and 9 o'clock I'm only really in in working on graduate stuff and about an hour an hour hour and a half I really don't go uh, more than that and I get a lot accomplished during that time because I've set that boundary nobody's bothering me I don't have distractions I don't have my phone on me I have a boundary around my phone my phone is on do not disturb at a very early time in the afternoon in the evening because I don't want to be disturbed I don't want anyone stopping me from focusing on school focusing on my family, cooking, whatever I need to do at that time. And I definitely don't want anyone bothering me while I'm going to sleep. I don't want notifications. I really don't have many notifications on my phone. So I don't want the notifications. I don't need to know who posted on Facebook. I really don't care. I don't need to know who's posting on Instagram. I don't want to be notified. That's not a dire need for me. So I typically do not have my phone. That's a boundary I have in place. I don't want my phone near. And having it on do not disturb, if someone's message comes in, that's fine. They can still text me, but I'm my phone's not going to light up. It's not going to ring. It's not going to have a, some kind of tone on it. I'll get it when I get it. I may check it before I go to bed. I may not. But that is a strong boundary that I have in place. Something else that I have recently set a boundary is around cleaning my house. Now, I told you I have full days. So I don't really want to come home and have to clean up after everybody. And that can be very difficult at times because I also have dogs 
I have we have a rabbit which I set a boundary even around that. I'm I'm not I have some a designated person for cleaning that bunny's cage and that's my oldest son because it's technically it's his bunny. We have a lizard and bunnies and lizards are pretty clean. So my youngest son cleans after the lizard. I my husband and I we clean up after our dogs. And we have chickens, we have a homestead. So we have to take care of them in that area. And so uh, one of the things I just do not like to do is clean the bathrooms. It's like I can clean everything else, but I, I, don't, I just don't want to clean the bathrooms. And we have found that none of us do. None of us like cleaning the bathrooms and we all know how. I was raised to clean around the toilets and get the areas that are just not that pleasant. I've raised my children that way. My husband's been raised that way, but we just don't like it. And I mean, like really who likes cleaning the, the bathroom and the toilets, but it was starting to become a problem in my house because it was the one thing that everyone was fussing about all the time. And so when I was finally able to get to the point where I could hire some help that is exactly what I did. So I have a cleaning company come in once a month and clean our bathrooms and we maintain it until the next time they come to clean. At some point we might boost it up to twice a month, but really she does such a phenomenal job cleaning our bathrooms that she really makes it easy for us to maintain it. And she saved us. She saved the arguments. She saved the, the um, petty stuff in, within our home because I hired her to come clean. And so that is another boundary. I need a boundary around my peace. And if having my peace is having someone come in and clean my bathrooms once a month or twice a month, listen, I'm telling you to go for it. Because it's so important to maintain your peace at all costs. So sometimes you have to put things in place to where you have the help that you need. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is setting a boundary. So talked about having a boundary around my sleep, a boundary around my phone notifications, a boundary around cooking and housework and cleaning the bathrooms. That is so important. Scheduling is a big thing in our household as well. I am, I put everybody on a schedule. Everybody is on a schedule. So everybody knows what time they doing everything. We have something that we do during the week where we do, third, we, we call it 30-minute reflection. And on the weekend, it's two-hour reflection. And that's a time where usually there's no electronics and the kids have to read or pray or whatever they want to do. They have to find something educational to do during that time that does not involve electronic devices. And it's, it's the first week was very difficult for them. Um, but I put them on a schedule to where they know, okay, it's five o'clock. It's 
time for 30 minute reflection. But it's to help them really become sound, sound minded. But I had to put that boundary around those electronics because elect I mean, kids today, they're just they're addicted to their phones and even adults addicted to their phones and addicted to the computers and a lot of things we have to do. Right. I'm in front of the computer way more than I want to be. Matter of fact, I usually can't wait for reflection time for me because I'm trying to actually run the opposite direction from electronic devices because I'm in front of a computer all day. Um, But it's not healthy to be in front of that computer all day. And so you have to set boundaries in your life for everything, for everything. If not, you're going to wear yourself out and you're going to be just like Moses was. Moses was trying to do everything by himself. That was a lot of people. To be over 10 people is a lot of people to be in your face all day. But a thousand people, a hundred, fifty, I mean, he was going to lose his mind. It was not good for him. So we have to set boundaries. If everything in the world shows us boundaries, I have a fence right now in in my front yard that separates my house from the street separate my house from my neighbors it's a boundary it's a boundary it says that i'm over here and you're over there and you can't come over here unless i allow you to think about boundaries like that a boundary keeps you in a safe place And it keeps other things and other people out unless you allow them to come in. So whatever it is in your life, if you have to sit down and say, listen, self, I need to set a boundary. And a boundary does you no good if you don't be consistent with it. If you're not consistent, that boundary means nothing. It can sound very great for you to sit up and say, oh, I'm going to set boundaries for this. I'm going to put a boundary around this. I'm going to put a boundary around laundry. But if you're not consistent, I'll give you another example. I don't do trash. That was another boundary that I set in my house. I don't want to do trash. I don't want to pick trash out of the bathrooms. I don't want to get, I don't want to take the trash from the kitchen out to the dumpster. I don't want to fill with food with trash. Again, I have full days. I do a whole lot. There are some things I'm, I just refuse to do. And so it's not anything against trash, but I just, it was the other thing that irritated me, like with the, bathrooms cleaning the bathrooms and I made a conscious decision that I was not going to touch the trash and so I literally came home one day and I set all of my family down I set everyone down and I told them how I felt about the trash and I said there are three men in my house you all handle the trash 
And so if I set that boundary, but then I'm in the kitchen one day and, you know, the trash is full and, you know, I'm going out that way. I might as well just take the trash. I just might as well just get the bag and just go out and go on and take it out. And I take it out. I've just defeated the purpose of the boundary. I've just defeated the purpose of the boundary. If I'm not going to be consistent, there is no boundary there. It's pointless me saying that I'm going to set the boundary. So I had to catch myself because a couple of times I did that. I'm like, well, I'm going out to the trash. I'll take it. I'm not going to bother them. They're doing this or doing I'm not going to bother them. No. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. The trash is full. One of you guys need to take the trash out. And now I don't really have much of a problem. It's, it's sometimes it gets full and I have to remind them to get it, but I'm not touching it. It's just a principle. It's not being petty because I can hear somebody saying, well, that's just petty. No, it's a it's the principle of setting your boundary and keeping your boundary. If you have set a boundary that you're not going to take the trash out because there's three people in the house that should be taking the trash out, then if you, you have to hold to that boundary. If you slip up, it defeats the purpose. And what's going to happen is, is they're going to realize that you're getting the bags. And so they're, they're not going to even remember to get it. They're not going to make a conscious decision to take the trash out because you're taking it out. So the boundary means nothing if you're not consistent. You have to be consistent with your boundary. If you say that I'm going to work out two days a week, you have to set that time. You have to first find that time, write down that time that you want to go. Once you have that time set, you have to go. You have to think in your mind, I have to go. I have to. My health depends on it. So when things happen, because they are, things happen to where it's going to interfere with you going to the gym. If you continue to, if is, you know, it's one thing if you let something interfere one time. Maybe something happened, you could, you know, the weather was really bad. There are circumstances where you couldn't go. But if this is starting to become a habit, you're doing this every week. There's not even a boundary there. It's You just wasted your time writing down your notes and saying what you was going to do. You're not consistent. You cannot allow anything to stop you, as long as you're being safe, from going to the gym twice or three times a week or whatever you said. If you said that I'm only going to have one day a week where I splurge on food, I'm going to have cake, I'm going to have ice cream or whatever, but all of the other days I'm going to have salad, I'm going to eat right, I'm not going to have any alcohol, whatever the case is. If you're not consistent, there's no point in having that boundary. Boundaries are put in place. They are not, you don't see boundaries in places that, that just be, like my fence is a boundary. It was there when we moved here. It's still there two years later. The boundary has not moved. You don't see me going out 
taking the fence down unless I'm about to get a new one. You don't see me doing that. You don't see anyone doing that. Wherever there's boundaries, you don't see people tearing the boundary down. Boundaries are put in place for a reason. So you have to get to the point in your life where you realize the how important you are. And when you set the boundary, you be consistent. Boundaries are something that we need. We need boundaries. If you look at a globe of our world, there's boundaries that separate the oceans from streams and lakes and there's land forms, right? We have continents and states and and you can see where one state is separate from the next state, where one ocean is separate from another part of the ocean. There's so many boundaries in place. And if that was destroyed, right? If that boundary was destroyed, Houston, we got a problem. It's always been said that one day California will break off into and turn into an island. Well, right now, it's a boundary, right? It's connected to other states like Washington and it's in, in parts of what, Texas maybe? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long state that's connected to other states. But if that boundary is broken, it drifts away. It's in the ocean. It's, just, it's no longer a part of the other states or connected to the other states. So there's boundaries in place for a reason. And so it's so important to establish those boundaries in your life. If you don't establish those boundaries in your life, you're going to be lost. You're going to be lost. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be tired. You're going to be worn out. Do you really want to be worn out? No. Do you want to be stressed? No. Nobody wants that. And I said California was connected to Texas. I'm thinking about Mexico. But you get the point. If it breaks off, it is no longer connected to those other states. You have to stay connected, right? You have to stay connected to your source. And that source being your peace. It's so important. It's so vital to have peace in your life. And you have to start saying, what's more important, my peace, my sanity, or me just doing everything so I can overwork myself, I'm overloaded, and I'm making sure everybody else is okay, though. Everybody else is great. Everybody else. But not me. So listen, that's not going to be my testimony. It's not going to be mine. So you know, set the boundary. Set the boundary in your life so that you can have peace and you're not operating like Moses was with everyone in his face, everybody in his face all day long. 
That's exhausting. Set boundaries today. So after you listen to this podcast, take a moment and ask yourself, what boundary do I need to set in in my life today? What boundary do I need to set in my life today? And how can I be consistent? By doing it every day. By not allowing anything or anyone to take you off your game. Set your boundary or your boundaries and be consistent. Stand firm on it. Because your peace depends on it. Thank you so much for listening to the Traveling Psychology Girl podcast. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I hope that you really got something from it and that you can go home or, you know, wherever you are, go back to your job or, you know, with your your dealings with your family or whatever the case, your spouse, your children, whatever the case. And you can set those boundaries and you can start living your life in peace and freedom. Where you just ain't nothing knocking you off your game. And then also subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend about it. When you subscribe and you tell your friends about it and they come on to the podcast, that really helps me out. And hey, write a review. That also helps me out. So I am so glad to be doing this podcast with you and I look forward to being on here more and I will be with you next time. Hello, my name is Kristen, and welcome to the Traveling Psychology Girl podcast, where I will have discussions about decluttering and organizing not just your closets and cupboards, but your mind. I am a wife and mom. I occasionally watch black and white films, and I work very hard every day practicing what I am preaching. Tune in every other Tuesday for a test drive through a mindset shift.